0: Take an hour off of social before you go to bed and after you wake up because you don't want to get caught in that mental trap of scarcity because I'm like, dang, I didn't get enough done today. And then I'm scrolling past all these people getting promotions. And I'm like, see, I'm a slacker. I'm just not enough, right? Hey
1: everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and this is Mom to Mom, the podcast. Do you know what IRL stands for? I'm going to be honest, I did not realize until a little while ago that it stands for in real life. And today we are talking about in real life relationships. In this day and age when everything seems to be online and we have all of this quote unquote social media, how much are you really socializing with the people who mean the most to you? How often are you cultivating those in-real-life relationships? Well, my guest today has some tips for us and is going to point us in the right direction. I'm sitting down with a very interesting person. This woman has lived. She was a chemist, she was then a corporate strategist, and then she turned into a tech entrepreneur. Her name is Isa Watson, and she is now helping people with her platform find deeper, and real connection with friends, She explains how social media really went from a focus of connection originally, that's what it was supposed to be about, to a place where we just want to feel validated all the time. And it's gotten to be a place that isn't anything what it intended to be. So she's going to show us how we can truly find community, even on those little devices that we can't seem to put down. And she's got some tips on how to stop with the scrolling. If you're like me, you kind of get lost in that rabbit hole of scrolling. So she's got some great tips on how to just have a healthier relationship with our devices, and then she's got some homework for us with our friends. So here is my conversation with Itza Watson. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. We're having this whole conversation about connecting in real life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And yet I've been having so many of these virtual connections. (laughs) Um, So it's nice to meet you virtually. 100%.
0: Nice to meet you as well.
1: So, why did you want to start this conversation about connecting IRL, which I have to confess that for the longest time, I did not know what IRL meant? It's not until recently. So, for those of you out there like me, when you see IRL floating around on the internet, it means in real life. So, today Mm -hmm. we're talking about connections in real life in a world that is online. So, why Mm -hmm. did you want to have this conversation?
0: Well, we were very digital first, prior to COVID. But, you know, during the pandemic, we were really locked in our houses for what, two, two and a half years. And what's happened is that you know, loneliness. It's exacerbated the loneliness epidemic in a really big way. Um, It's really impacted young adults all the way up to, you know, mom and the baby boomer, older generations. And so I think it's such an important conversation to have in part because there's a lot of kind of re-education of what getting back out there looks like. You know, a lot of people have social anxiety around, you know, reconnecting with their friends in real life. But one interesting stat is that prior to the pandemic, about a third of you know, millennials and Gen Z have reported feelings of loneliness or felt like they didn't have like a really close friend. At some point during the pandemic, that number doubled. And wow. so I think that we're coming out of this pandemic in a way we're like, okay, we're kind of going outside a little bit more. But I think it's just so important to make sure that we're intentional about maintaining those connections so that we can have the healthiest lives possible.
1: I think there are a lot of people who were homebodies or maybe did have a little social anxiety and kind of tended to like to be home. And the pandemic Mm -hmm. was the greatest excuse to just lean into that behavior. And it can be hard to kind of find your way back. So you've got tips for us. We're going to talk about all of that and your new endeavor and um, Mm -hmm. how you're helping people connect in real life. But first of all, before we do, just kind of talk about how you even got to launching Squad, which is Mm -hmm. your app and your endeavor, because you wore a variety of professional hats. (laughs) you've you've lived, girl.
0: (laughs) I've lived. (laughs) So tell us
1: how you got here today.
0: Well, I started my career as a chemist. I was, I started working in the research labs at UNC Chapel Hill. So I went to high school in Chapel Hill, North Carolina at the age of 14. And, you know, fast forward, Ended up becoming one of the youngest published chemists in the world at 19 years old. I was on a metabolic diseases team at Pfizer. I decided, I said, you know what? I love science. I love being in the lab. But where I was, the feedback loop was so long. So as a discovery chemist, whatever I worked on, I wouldn't like it would never touch a patient for like 15 years. That's a long feedback loop, right? And so I said, let me go to business school, I went to MIT, studied economics fell into Wall Street, where I worked as a right-hand strategic vice president to the C-suite of JP Morgan Chase. So all the way from kind of building up multi-billion dollar products, moving over to Asia to build products out there, coming back to the U.S. And then, you know, the one thing I'll say about my transition from finance to, to entrepreneurship is that entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship is very personal. Right. And in that regard, you know, while I was at JP Morgan, you know, my parents to sponsor a bus trip for kids of his every year. One year that bus ran off a straight road, flipped over, and ejected both my parents out the front window. And my dad didn't survive that. And so while I'm like getting, you know, gunning for the next promotion, the next promotion, I have my my blinders on. It was actually the loneliest I had felt in my life, despite having so many connections on social media, so many friends, so to speak. But the reality is that I wasn't investing in them the right way. And so in came squad, because when I started to talk about that, I realized that I wasn't the only person kind of feeling lonely or feeling like social media was actually not like this place of all these friends. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, squad is an app that I built for people to actually go deep consistently with their handful of friends, but that's my journey from, from finance to tech. Yeah.
1: I told you guys, she has lived, she (laughs) has a story, some beautiful, some tragic, you know, thank you for sharing that personal story, but in such a profound time, you know, with what happened to your parents, I know a lot of people do turn to social yes. to share those
0: experiences and it can be helpful. I definitely got some support from people that I had, like, you know, I, I posted, I think on my Facebook page at the time when I have Facebook, Hey, this is what's going on. I definitely got some support, but I think what overall, like the macro environment, I think so many of us had kind of mistaken our social media friends for just real friends, right? And so that consistent, like deep, you know, thoughtful and intentional support that you need, not just in tragic moments, but just kind of in your day-to-day lives, I think there was so much conflation there. So, yeah, there are definitely like good things that can come out of social media, But, you know, I'm always just telling people, don't mistake it for your real life. And I think that's why
1: it hurts so bad when you do post something and you don't get the feedback that you were expecting, because we think that these people are our people and Mm -hmm. that we have a real relationship with them. And then they're not engaging or responding in the way that we want them to. And it hurts. And I'm a grown woman. I've got Mm -hmm. kids, like I think about young people in that same, you know, in those shoes and what that must feel like for the young ones.
0: It's hard. I mean, it's definitely a shocker for the young ones in in a big way, actually. You know, one of the things about social media, I love Dr. Brené Brown. She's my favorite psychologist. And she says that vulnerability is the risk you must take if you want to experience connection. And yeah. that's a really interesting kind of underpinning of friendships or real relationships. And that's really hard to experience on social media in a really big way without putting yourself out there for the attacks and, you know, the, you know, the support that you didn't get. Like, I definitely had friendships that shifted. I had friendships that are no longer friendships anymore um, when I was going through that moment because there were so many people who I thought would show up for me that did not.
1: Hmm. Now, how have you seen social media evolve through the years? I mean, you've, you've lived it on a personal level, Mm -hmm. um, but now on a professional level too, you're looking at it through a different
0: lens. I think that when Facebook, Twitter, all those guys, Mark, Jack, I think that what their intention was, was connection. I do believe that, but what it morphed into when you're adding all these ad business models and all of the likes and the algorithms, what it morphed into was this validation mechanism. So what happens, I put up a photo. If I don't get enough likes, I take it down. I'm like, oh, that wasn't a good photo then, right? Right. And then we become very conditioned to share only half of our story, if that, right? And so I think that what social media has actually evolved into, is a content sunk in place of just content that has been validated on social media by its users. And one thing that most people don't realize is that social media follows this kind of 1990 rule. And that dictates that 1% of people on social media, 1% of the users are actually the content creators. They're the people who stuff your seat in the feed. 9% lightly engage, repost, et cetera, post from time to time. But 90% of social media users are lurkers. They actually do not engage. They do not post. And so the, the vast majority of people on social media, all they use it for is content. It's not connection. And I think that, you know, that's what social media has evolved into is a content platform. And we just have to make sure that we don't mix it up with connection.
1: And I would imagine they set out for it to be an engaging platform. And like you said, yes. it was to create relationships. And I know that they value that as someone who's mm-hmm. been an influence and all that. It's all about engagement. You want engagement, engagement, people, you know, commenting, and then you're commenting back. But it's interesting mm-hmm. what you're saying that so many people are just scrolling. They're just so scrolling.
0: Are. Yes. 90% of social media users on average are lurkers. They're just scrolling. They're not even like really liking or reacting to the content in a big way.
1: So we've been talking about real life connections and social media and how these connections seem real, but they're really not. There's a lot of lurkers. Um, I'm very curious from your expert point of view, if you feel like there was a tipping point with social media, was there this moment where Things went from just a place where you shared, you know, what was going on in your life to this place that became um, almost like the highlight reel and a place for, you know, perfectionism and a place where self-esteem dies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna get a little bit of flack for saying this, but I think it was kind of the emergence of the social media influencer, right? Mm -hmm. Because when when even think about when Instagram first came out over 10 years ago, it was private profiles you're literally posting like i remember my first instagram post 12 13 years ago it was like of a piece of luggage and i was like look <laughs> this is like all the luggage i have for like three weeks in europe and all my friends engaged but then it turned into oh this is now a branding tool and you yeah. want to bring people to see your content right and then we want to have perfect bodies and small waist, like the bbl the brazilian butt lift which you know everyone is each their own but bbls have gone up like five like 5x in like the last few years mostly driven by instagram people want that small waist big booty look and so um i think the tipping point was was like it shifting into a branding platform for a lot of influencers and that pressure i think kind of kind of trickled down to the everyday user
1: wow you're right i mean i remember back in the early days. And I looked back at some of that content not too long ago. And without the um, without the pressure to post mm-hmm. every day for the algorithm and blah, blah, blah. Because I do it a little different because I'm on TV and I do a little bit the influencer thing. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to play that algorithm game, right? Right. I'm posting all the time and all this. I look back at that original content and it was so me. It was just, I posted when I felt like it. I didn't care if you liked it or not. I just right. was having fun. And... I do miss those days. It's turned that into a That was the connection.
0: Thing. That was authenticity. And now it's just content. And it's actually, to your point, playing with the algorithms to make sure that your content is ranked high in people's feeds. It's exhausting. Um,
1: <laughs> so we know that social media isn't going anywhere. If anything, right. it's just growing and changing and the platforms are evolving. So what tips do you have to engage in a positive way?
0: yeah. Somebody? I always tell people, even, you know, as a founder of a consumer social platform that's really built as a counter to social media, I always tell people it's not about, oh, don't ever use social media, don't ever go on there. But I do think that there's a healthier way to engage. And that starts with elevated awareness of how social media makes us feel and and what it's doing to our habits. So the first thing I always tell people is that, you know, it's really important to, actually leverage the connection-oriented features of social media, scroll less, DM more, you know? And so like, what are the, like, you, you you just scroll past your friend's photo. Oh, my friend just had a baby. Oh, actually, hey, I meant to check on you. How are you doing? How's the baby? How's breastfeeding? Whatever the case is, right? Because when you're scrolling, you just kind of get lost in that. And so the second thing I always mention is, you know, again, going back to my favorite psychologist, Brene Brown, she says that we live in a life of scarcity. The first thing we think about at night when our head hits the pillow is we didn't get enough done today. And the first thing we think about in the morning before when we wake up is, man, I didn't get enough sleep. It's never enough. Mm. So I always tell people, take an hour off of social before you go to bed and after you wake up, because you don't want to get caught in that mental trap of scarcity because I'm like, dang, I didn't get enough done today is that i'm scrolling past all these people getting promotions and i'm like see i'm a slacker i'm just not enough right yes (laughs) so do you
1: have anything specifically because i know i'm not the only one that gets in that rabbit hole of scrolling i think i mean i've i'm pretty self-aware and so i'll notice i do it when i'm a little anxious or like i want to escape or i don't want to deal. Mm -hmm. I kind of just like go down and I know I'm doing it and I know it's a time suck, but I've, it's very hard. I mean, it's meant to bring us in. We all saw, what is it? um, The social, what was the documentary? The Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. We all saw it. We know Mm -hmm. that, that we don't really stand a chance against this addictive (laughs) device. Right. So any ideas?
0: Yeah. I mean, so first of all, I will say congrats to you because you have a lot more discipline and elevated self-awareness than most people because they just catch themselves and not, but I actually, I sleep in my phone in my kitchen. I sleep in my phone in my kitchen and in part because I also don't want to be checking emails. I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and I'm trying to fall back asleep. You're, you're highly stimulated when you're on social media, regardless of whether you want to be or not. And so I think that, um, you know, that that's one thing as well. And so, you know, between scrolling less, DMing more, staying off, you know, creating that space, with your phone away from you. I think that, you know, some of those things are important. And if you're really, really pushing the bucket, take a moment and just be vulnerable. Like post, like, I think it's okay to post, like I had a really bad week today. And for that reason, I'm just chilling here at my dog on this Friday night with this really great glass of wine. You know, there doesn't have to be this like amazing ending to a story that has to be posted. Right. You know, so I also encourage people to share more of their authentic selves because it just it helps the world feel a little bit less lonely because when I get stuck comparing my whole life to your highlight reel, yeah, I'm going to feel completely insufficient.
1: I like so much of what you're saying. So your platform is all about connection in real life. And we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. but what about people who are having trouble kind of getting back out there? There's almost a relearn that's happening um, about how to meet people. And, you know, for moms in particular, we weren't necessarily lonesome because we were in stuck in the house with our families, but we were lacking that friend relationship. Um, uh-huh. I remember for example, the first time I went out of the house, I went to like a mom meetup and <laughs> I mean, I talk for a living and someone said, Hey, where do you live? And I, I forgot my address. I forgot like which part of town I lived in. I just totally broke. <laughs> so, uh, people are having a hard time. So any thoughts?
0: Yeah. The first thing that I say to people is that we've been through so much stuff in the last two years. The first thing that is really okay to do, and I know that a lot of us are uncomfortable doing it is first of all, reevaluate who it is you want to spend time with. I feel like sometimes you were just kind of caught up in these like habits and Mm motions prior to the pandemic. And so much has changed. So many people have changed as well. And so who is it that's actually bring you joy? Be intentional about that. But in the way that you know, we always talk about investing time into our romantic relationships and, and, and just like really dedicating ourselves to that. I think that friendships are worthwhile investing in too because that's how you get the return of that vulnerability and strengthen that connection. And so I tell, my, I tell people all the time, the way that you shoot your shot in the DMs with your, with your just a cute girl or cute guy or, or whoever, shoot your shot with your friends. Like, you know, I've had people be like, you know what, why don't we go out for coffee? And I'm like, you know, I haven't seen you in three years. Why don't we do that? Right. I have a friend who's a new mom, a mom of four or sorry, four month old twins. Ooh, and yes, let us <laughs> pray. a mom of four month old twins. And I, I actually it turns out that she moved like less than a mile away from me. I live in downtown Brooklyn. And I told her, I was like, hey, by the way, sidebar, if you ever need an escape from the twins, just like come to my terrace and we can have like a glass of wine and like sit there. And she was like, oh, my God, like. Thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I had no idea that like what I offered her would impact her so much. But I think that, you know, it's you you have to kind of be willing just to put yourself out there. Just dip your toe in a little bit. And so I I think that's one of the things that we have to just try um, as it pertains to getting back out there. Like, you know, make sure you're like, pick who's bringing you joy and don't just kind of get into the habits. Cause I would go, I was a happy hour of this, happy hour of that, that thing, that, but it wasn't like joyful. And then sh- shoot your shot. Just like ask your friend, offer your friends to come over. A lot of people have a lot, there's, there's an elevated sense of social anxiety right now and a higher sensitivity to rejection. And studies are showing this. And people are actually afraid of like, hey, Maria, if I ask you to come to coffee, and you're like, no, like- then like, you know, people are really, really afraid of rejection in the social sense right now.
1: All right. Homework, everybody. Call a girlfriend today and ask (laughs) to see her IRL in real life. Oh, Mm -hmm. I value my my friendships so much with my girls. I would be lost. But before we go, we've got to talk about your platform, the reason (laughs) you know so much about all of this. So tell us about SQUAD.
0: So, Squad is a place. Is a, It's an app, but we describe it as a place on your phone where it's just you and your closest up to twelve friends, and it's all voice based. So it's not. You don't have to get on and and be doll debit. I'm about to talk about my best friend at five o'clock every morning. But the idea behind Squad was that we like we need to make it easier. People wanted an easier way to go deeper with their close friends and, and the way that was easy and fun, um, as opposed to like social media as a discovery platform. Like it's like, hey, what's Kim Kardashian wearing? Or hey, what's, you know, LeBron doing over here? But the, the dopamine effects that we get is not by discovering all these people who would we'll never laugh in the same room with. It's actually going like having good and, and funny conversations with our friends every day. And so, Squad makes it easy for for you to do that between asynchronous voice messaging, uh, interactive voice calling, status updates, et cetera. But we call it kind of audio world building for you and your closest friends.
1: And how nice to have that space because sometimes just getting something off your chest, Mm -hmm. whether you write it or you say it in an audio message, just like bouncing it off your friends is. So powerful, especially in this time where we're still in that in-between where we can't get together as much. So the last thing,
0: yeah. No, the last thing I'll add really quickly is that, you know, we'd be surprised how much we say someone's our best friend, then you ask them, well, when's the last time you talked to them? When's the last time you picked up the phone and called them or even went out for coffee with them? A lot of times it's months, you know. We kind of like push it on the the back burner. And so people, our feedback from our users is that is people have felt that it's super easy to actually stay in contact with their close friends. And that's I love that life takes over.
1: Well, thank you so much for all of your tips today and offering your expertise. And we have homework and that is to call our girlfriend and make sure you're checking in with your best friend too. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. That's a wrap for this episode of mom to mom the podcast. Did you hear that? We have homework. So we've got to phone a friend. We've got to get in touch with a friend and sit down in real life and have a real conversation. I think this is this is doable. We can do this, and it's going to be good for us. Um, so thank you so much to my guest, Issa Watson, today. And I'll see you next week here on mom to mom In the meantime, just a reminder, if you are in the New England area, you can watch this podcast on TV. TV on Mondays at 1130 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. And if you're in the binge mode right now and you just want to listen to a whole bunch of mom to mom podcasts, you can do that wherever you find your podcast. I just ask you, if you don't mind, to rate and review. I guess it goes a long way in podcast land. Anyway, thanks so much for being here today. Go out, find a friend, hang out, have a coffee, and I'll see you next week here on Mom to Mom.